This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And for those of you guys who are into this kind of thing, you can't just hear us audio style this week on SoundCloud. You also got us video, so... Thank you and hello to all of our viewers on our YouTube channel. Today we're going to have a jam-packed show. Before I get into the topics, Brandon, how are you doing this evening? I'm tired as hell. Don't really want to be here, but that's okay. Well, it's one of those days. We're doing this on Sunday instead of Monday. Kind of hectic schedules. We're going to get through this one for you guys. We're going to try to keep it nice and upbeat. But we're going to be talking some Big 12 expansion because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. What, when was that? What day did we post that? It was only early May the last time we talked Big 12 expansion. So we're going to hit that topic again because it looks like we have a little bit of a better idea, not really, of what they're going to do. We're going to look at Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh to see uh, which coach is more popular among college players. And then we're going to dive into the quarterback situation at Notre Dame. And me and Brandon are going to pick who would we start day one of the season Malik Zaire or Deshaun Kaiser. But let's start in the Big 12, Brandon, because on July 19th, the conference gave the Big 12 president, they gave him, hey, you know what, you can go out and start investigating candidates in order to invite them in to the Big 12. Here's the big thing, though. We're unsure whether they're going to invite two teams, they're going to invite four teams, they're going to invite any teams. So I'm going to start this out nice and simple. If you are the president, you're the president of the Big 12 right now, what are you thinking? Are you looking to add two teams to this conference? Are you looking to add four teams to this conference? What are you doing? Uh, uh, For the Big 12, I think I'd probably be looking to add about two teams. I think I'd be looking to add about two teams because that's what we're at with with the Big 10 right now. Correct? 14 Mm -hmm. 14 teams. I I say you probably go with that. and uh, I, I think that... You, you come out with an even number then, uh, right, because, you know, the Big 12, then you add two, mm-hmm. you know, that gets you 14. Uh, you keep with that even number of 14, but then uh, you can add an extra team to each side in each division, and then you can, instead of having just one one winner at the top from the Big 12 each year, you have a a uh, championship, mm-hmm. you know, a right there. Yeah, a conference championship in the Big 12, and I think that that's something that needs to happen, and you know, hopefully by adding in two teams. Mm-hmm. I really think four may crowd it a little too much, but I think you bring in two teams and then you're able to then separate them into this this division and this division, and then at the end there's a conference championship. I think that's that's the smart way to go, and hopefully mm-hmm. that's the way they are going by looking to add these two more teams. Well, or, and I mean, or four. I, right now I would lean towards... I'm leaning towards two, and the only reason why I'm leaning towards two is right now you're at 10, add two, see how that goes, having a conference championship game back. Then if you're like, okay, cool, let's add some more teams in there, then you can go ahead and say, okay, we're going to try to add two more. Because the way I'm kind of thinking about this is if you add two teams to this conference, you're kind of the exact same as the Pac-12. You have 12 teams in your conference, six over here, six over there, and you can do the scheduling much like the Pac-12 does. However, if you go and say, you know, we're going to go ahead and add four games, 
then your scheduling is becoming much like what you mentioned with the Big Ten because they do have seven team divisions and that equals a total of 14 teams overall. And I mean, if I look at that kind of a schedule right away, that means seven of their one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven of their nine conference games are in their division. So that means you're only taking two teams from the other side each year. And I mean, if it's one of those things where let's say Oklahoma and Texas end up being in different divisions, do you always have them play each year? So that would mean Texas would have eight game, eight opponents that they're playing the same each and every year. And they're just cycling in one team from that other division. How do you like, put these teams together with me. I think you got to go with two teams. You go off of the Pac-12 kind of scheduling where, you know what, you have six divisional or five divisional games each and every year because there's six in each division minus yourself. And then you can add those other games with more opponents from the other side and kind of have as close to a balance as you have now. So one of the things that we had talked about before, too, was the teams that you bring in, they have to be teams that are going to bring in more money mm-hmm. because that's what that's what people at the top are looking for. They're looking for mm-hmm. what's going to get us paid and what's going to bring in the most revenue. So that's the other thing. You know, what's going to bring in TV ratings? What's going to bring up TV ratings for the Big 12? You know, what are some teams that we could schedule in primetime slots? That's the type of thing that they're definitely going to be looking at. And, uh, Ricky, my question to you is that if they're going by that alone, if they're going by that alone, TV ratings, and let's let's try and bring in the most money that we can, what would be the two teams if we, because we both sound, sound like we both said mm-hmm. we'll go two teams, what two teams would you be bringing in? Well, the first thing I got to look at is I'm looking at the chart. We're looking at an ESPN article. I'm looking at the chart that they have on the side. And if I'm trying to bring in the most revenue to my conference, how do you do that? TV. Get your guys on TV, whether it's Fox Sports, whether it's ESPN, you have to get your guys on those primetime slots and have those big matchups. So the two things I'm going to look at on this chart are a t- which teams have a TV market and have a football success. And the ones that I'm looking at, you can do BYU has both of those. You have Cincinnati has both of those. You have Houston, who's very successful and can bring in TV money. Memphis at this time has both of them. And those are the teams that I think you target. To me, the two teams that I would pick are Houston and BYU. Because I know, like I said, Memphis, but Memphis just lost their head coach and Coach Fuentes. He's over in Virginia Tech. So I would kind of see what they would do this season with their new head coach before I even think about them. Cincinnati, to me, it's like, yeah, they're they're successful in their conference. Yeah, they bring in some of that TV market. I mean, you can hit kind of that Midwest, but if I'm thinking Ohio, then you're competing a lot with Ohio State, that kind of Big Ten area. I would stay away from that. I would hit Houston, and I know that people right away are going to be like, whoa, 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 Rick, you can't bring in Houston. Because Texas ain't going to like that. Texas, Texas Tech, they're not going to like that because then you have all these teams kind of saying, hey, well, this is our recruiting base. Well, guess what? It ain't your recruiting base. You don't own the recruit until they commit 
to your school and sign that letter of intent. So if I'm the Big 12, I add in Houston because it's right there in your backyard. It's a successful team is what I'm trying to say, right there. And then BYU, that's another successful team. And it kind of gives you that Western kind of outreach, and it gives you that market that you used to have when Colorado was a part of the Big 12. Yeah, you know, that's one thing that I was thinking. I would have gone Houston as well. Um, But I was also thinking University of Central Florida. Uh, because that's a team that I don't think a lot of people were were looking at. And, and Big 12, though, is that after after I thought about it for a while, after I kind of looked over it, Big 12, that, that doesn't really seem like possibly the place for a, a Florida mm-hmm. team. You know, Big 12 seems more, you know, West Coasty kind of. Well, would Oka- it be? Or, or West Coast kind of moving mm-hmm. that way but then you got your Oklahoma your Oklahoma State and stuff like that and then you throw in a Florida team that's really not let me ask you this, in the though. mix but I would, would would adding Central Florida kind of be like when the SA, when the SEC added Texas A&M because I would see Texas A&M like man that's kind of a little bit far west where we have all these kind of SEC huh. programs more like when SEC, the SEC brought in Missouri I mean, True. that's that's kind of how that would be. We brought in Missouri. We don't know why, uh, because we needed we wanted to have another team, so we just filled it with Mizzou. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I, I, I feel like it would be. Would University of Central Florida end up fitting? Yeah, probably. But I, I think that uh, there are other teams that would fit a little bit better. Like a BYU, you know, would probably fit a little bit better. Houston, for sure. Houston's a team that we can both mm-hmm. agree on that, that uh, makes sense. Certainly makes sense. I mean, if they may have that rival in Texas, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but they'll both have their own little markets. Little. That's funny because they won't be little, but they'll both have their kind of separate markets in mm-hmm. a sense of people who are watching this and people who are watching this. Um, but I think that uh, that second candidate, that that's almost kind of like your, your candidate that I think is up for grabs. Kind of like the SEC's mm-hmm. uh, Missouri. You know, you needed one more person. All right, Mizzou it is. You know, it's kind of like that that kind of uh, team. And one of the things that I think I've just thought of it now that to me would kind of go into, okay, I'm going to go back really quick to what we started with, with the two to four, because if I added two teams, let's say we'll take Houston and Central Florida because you threw them out. That second team, like you said, could be anything. If I'm taking the teams that are just in the Big 12 right now, if I'm putting them into one conference, Baylor, Texas, TCU, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State would have to be in one conference. However, if I add Houston, I'd have to I would have to put Houston in there because I would if I'm the Big 12, I would want a division where I would want all Basically, I would want all the Oklahoma and all the Texas teams together. However, Oklahoma and Texas have to be in the same division, so all of them have to be together. If I had Houston, that's seven in that division. That means, oh, wait, I need to add two more teams on top of that Central Florida to have the other division at seven. Am I crazy for thinking that way? Of course you are, but that's why... People love you on this channel because, <laughs> why, why because you're I the crazy, crazy one. Why am I crazy for thinking that? I don't know. I think that's I think that's starting to get a little too too much of an expansion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You start talking seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, people aren't really. You go out. You go over six, and people are like, oh, 
What's he talking about? That's too much. I mean, I think some people would say that's too much. Do you, but, ha- do you but have to keep some the people, Texas schools together? I would say yeah. I would say yeah. I would say that that would, that would make the most sense, mm-hmm. I, I think. And I, I mean, if, if I brought over, if we, if, if, if we, because, you know, I have all the say well, in the hey, world I said with the Big you, 12. I said you were the Big 12 president at the beginning of the podcast. But I think that if, if I'm in charge of the Big 12, I would bring on Houston and I would put them in the same same conference as, excuse me, the same uh, division, division as Texas. So that would, Absol- Absolutely I would because that rivalry would be great. So then we'd have one, two, three, four, five teams. Five teams from the state of Texas. Who's that sixth team do uh, round out that division then? It can be whoever you want. Who, do you, who would you put in there? I'd put Oklahoma because then I would say, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. Fuck your rivalry. It's all about the Red River shootout because that's going to get us more money. Well, if you go by more money, then it'd probably be Oklahoma. But to be honest with you, I can't think of anybody right now that I would put there. I mean, in realistically, probably you'd put like maybe a Kansas, maybe an Iowa State. Oh, yeah, I know Kansas. bottom feeders, but geographically in the Big 12, you wouldn't put like a West Virginia because they're all the way out. They're the furthest east team of any team in this conference. I think if you add Houston... You have to have all the Texas schools together. You take a non-Oklahoma school, throw it in, you make six. Then you just have on the other side both the Oklahoma schools and everybody else. Then you have six and six. That's a perfect 12. I'm looking at teams, though, that I don't think are going to make the big 12. And I look at everybody on this chart we're looking at that does not have anyone who basically has no for a TV market. So Boise State... I'm sorry you're gone. Colorado State, I'm sorry you're gone. East Carolina, I'm sorry you're gone. Those schools, it's like if I'm looking to expand, it's exactly like you said, Brandon. I am looking to bring in more revenue to this conference, and those schools just don't do it. No, and really the only the, the, the thing, too, the only thing with the University of Central Florida, since I brought that up earlier, mm-hmm. and most people would be like, wow, that guy is an idiot. Um, yeah, they only have the TV market. You know that's all they've got. When you when you really dig down to the to the nitty gritty of the rest of it, the football success it's not there. You know they really aren't uh, the, that big in anything else. I mean they're not known for mm-hmm. all that all this big stuff that would bring a whole lot more outside of you know their their market. But I, I think that you know it's an inter- interesting decision that they have to make here. But I think that again you go with Houston and you go with then really any other team mm-hmm. because. Of course, a team that's favorable in one of those categories or a couple of those categories, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to probably just throw somebody in there just to throw them in there, you know, and I think that that school is going to be okay because guess what? Then they're going to be a big 12 mm-hmm. school, not a schmuckety muck. But a non-power, like outside power five, non-power five. That's what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, schmuck. Um, what do you think, though? We've been talking enough about, like, oh, well, they need to increase revenue and bring them in. With Central Florida, you say all they have is that TV market. If you're a fan of the Big 12, would you be okay with a conference bringing in a team just to bring in that money? Or would you say, you know what? Let's say no to the guy who has the TV market because – we can bring in a team, and I'm going to say I'm going to bring in Boise State because on the chart they do fit this. They don't have the 
TV market part, but they have the football success part. What would you rather have? More revenue for your conference? Or, hey, you know what, let's say no to this TV guy and bring in a team that's going to make it more competitive. Well, I think that you, you kind of split it up. I think that with if you bring in Houston, and, and I started to keep saying Houston, but Houston that's, that's, both, just, that's just a team that, that makes they, sense. They do so that's both. What, so that's why you have to, have to say them. Houston is one, and then since they do both, I think you bring in the other one as football success Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you're going to make plenty of money with bringing in houston you're going to make plenty of money with the teams that you already have but we don't want another team like a kansas or an iowa state because those teams aren't good you know i I think that you you don't want to bring in another team that you can just beat up on you want to bring Mm -hmm. in another team that's successful excuse me so that when you play them you can say hey i beat a good team not just a cupcake and I think then that way, then more people will notice your conference for, wow, you know, they have a lot of really, really good teams and a lot of really, really good competition up and down that conference mm-hmm. instead of it's stacked at the top and it's crap at the bottom. You know, that's not there's too many. There's too many where you look at and you go, oh, gosh, you know, it's really good up there. But, man, it's like a sinking ship down mm-hmm. below. So I think that if you want to do something like that, that would be a smart move. I would bring. I would go since you already are bringing in one person theoretically in uh, Houston. That's going to have both. I think the other one has to be the football success. It that only makes more sense to me. Well, and I mean, you you mentioned that you apologize to everyone for bringing up Houston. They they hit all the check marks though. TV market check. Football success check. Geographics check. They check all the boxes that you would want to bring in a team. And if we're looking at teams that do not have football success from this chart that I'm looking at, that means Central Florida's out. I'm sorry. Then we also have UConn, SMU, South Florida, Tulsa. All of them are two lane. Pardon me. All gone. All of them gone. So, Brandon, we're going to end this before we move on into the Jim Harbaugh segment of which two teams were making the final decision yet again, like we did back in May. And they which, usually always go with our decisions. So. Which two teams would you bring in? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give answers for both the two and the four. If I'm bringing in two teams, it's Houston, and then I'm gonna go ahead and bring in, like I said, BYU. If I'm bringing in four, I bring in Houston. I bring in BYU. I bring in Boise State and Central Florida. Because then you're kind of hitting with those last two. The kind of no TV market success. But, hey, this team's got TV market and no success. Yeah, so with my two teams, it would be uh, Houston and it would be Boise State. You're going to bring in Boise State instead of, like, a BYU to kind yeah. of bring in that? Because either team can bring in that, like, Mountain West kind sure. of geographic. Sure, yeah, to I'm going to bring in Boise State. I know how you're all over BYU. You certainly were last year for a while. Um, well, I picked him in most of our weekly pickums last year. Yeah, and it got you. It, 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 yeah, you know, it was good for about two. It was a b- I, good I think for about. What two. was it? The UCLA game that was probably the only mm. one where it was good. I can't remember something if like, I won or lost that game. Something like that. But like uh, that. before we move on, let us know down below in the comment section what you guys think. Who you guys would put where? Who would you guys add to the Big Twelve? But Brandon, let's move on into our next topic and. I kind of like this one, bringing it in, because as I was looking at ESPN, I saw this article, that, and it says Jim Harbaugh tops Nick Saban in Q score among millennial males. And basically, they pulled a bunch of millennial males who 
who are football players and to nobody's surprise, I don't think it should be any surprise, Jim Harbaugh is popular among millennials than Nick Saban. Yeah, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody because if you look at Jim Harbaugh, what is he? He is a very outspoken guy. He is a very not necessarily in your face kind of guy, play the game. but uh, he is he is much more open to the media, open to whatever. Where mm-hmm. Nick Saban seems more reserved, more he's not as much of a character, at least not in public. He may be privately, but in public he is pretty much business. And Harbaugh is business with a side of freaking fun, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's the way that he does things. Nick Saban on the other side, like I said, he's he may be having fun and his guys may absolutely love him, but it's more of a toned down reserve kind of guy who is just nose to the grindstone. Let's get it done. There's not some anything wrong with either one of those. But for millennials, they are much more, they want the entertainment, they want to be entertained, they want to laugh, they want to have someone like Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh. So that's how absolutely he's going to win that 10 out of 10 times. I'm going to compare this to fathers. And I say that because most time football players, when asked about their head coaches, kind of, they see the head coach as kind of a father figure for the football team. When I look at Jim Harbaugh, he's kind of the cool hip dad where it's like, yeah, we're going to go over to Brandon's house because Mr. Swanson's there. Woo, we're going to hang out with Brandon. Yeah, Mr. Swanson. And then Nick Saban's kind of like that, oh, I don't want to go to Brandon's house. You know, Mr. Swanson, he's kind of strict. Mr. Swanson needs to needs to let loose a little bit, kind of not be so rigid. That is Nick Saban. Nick Saban's that, like, stern father where it's like, what is fun? I don't know what this fun word is. Is that how where, you're going to be? No, I'm going to be the kid at heart, man. I'm going to be the one playing video games with my kids. I'm going to be doing all the stuff that they're doing Um, with them. Unless, of course, they... My wife is basically going to have as many kids plus one for me. I was going to say, unless, of course, they did anything that these these Alabama players did. Oh, then they're getting a stern... Then they're going to be suspended for two games. Yeah, well, then it comes They're going to be suspended for two weeks from the PlayStation. Hey, you know my story about uh, if I ever have a kid and they come home late. Just look at them, look at the clock, look back at them, turn off the TV and go to bed. I'll talk to them in the morning. They'll know. They'll know I'm disappointed in them. They'll know. They'll be like, "Thank God, Dad didn't say anything. Let's run downstairs and keep going." Oh, they'll get it the next day. But uh, <laughs> no, I I plan on being the fun father. You never know what you're going to do until you're actually a father. But I would like to be that Jim Harbaugh kind of a father, where either my son or my daughter's friends are like, "Yeah, let's go hang out at." Uh, Let's go hang out at your house because uh, your parents are so cool. Or like, man, your parents are so cool. That's what I want to be because that's what my parents were to me. But that's what I see with Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. Harbaugh's the fun dad. Nick Saban's not the fun dad. You know, I think it's – I just think it's really interesting because, again, it's the, between the ages of 18 to 34. Mm-hmm. You know, so those guys are looking for a fun time. I think they – they look at Jim Harbaugh as the type of guy who's like, hey, we can go out, we're going to get some drinks, and we're going to have a rowdy time. Nick, Sa- or with, Nick, Nick Sab- Saban. Nick, with Nick Saban, they're looking like, ah, we could probably go out, probably have to get one drink, it's going to be a scotch, <laughs> we're going to sip it all night, and then we're going home. <sighs> and I mean, Jim Harbaugh is the guy who, he was in a rap video. 
He was in a rap was. video where he was the who who's got it better than us? Nobody. That's got to be cool if you're if you're a recruit coming in. And that's why what I said <laughs> earlier when you were given your description and I kind of slid it underneath. I kind of feel like at the same time it's yeah it's Harbaugh's personality, but part of it is like man Harbaugh knows how to play the game man. He knows how to play the game, and that game I'm talking about is the recruiting game because how do you get recruits into your school? Yeah, you could be a good football team, but nowadays that's not enough. Why can't you be a good football team and provide that fun environment outside and be a fun guy yourself that players are like, man, I I love this guy. I want to go play for him. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys who – who they want to go play for someone because they know that he wins. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, it helps that Harbaugh for, wins for both. Well, but for both of them, I mean, for both of them, I mean, Harbaugh wins. Saban clearly wins. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know what kind of style they're getting themselves into. They know the type of guy that that uh, Jim Harbaugh is. And players have said about Nick Saban that he's actually really fun. You know, but he doesn't necessarily. He probably thinks I don't need to show it. Mm-hmm. You know, to to the media, or to the other people. That's not who I'm here for. I'm here for my guys. I'm here to win with them. I'm not here to win with you. That's why when when Paul Feinbaum, you know, asks him these questions and he kind of sure it's not Finnebaum. You know, <laughs> you could take it either way. It could have been. I know. It could, I, have, I it could, like, have, it could like, have been Finnebaum. I, I just like poking it there every time you say it. For the longest yeah, time, right. I did. I thought, who's this I Paul Finnebaum guy? I, I could t- looking at his last name. I could totally and also see because it. sorry, Paul, if you're listening. Clearly, he is. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> don't watch your show that much. So unless Phyllis is on. From Malga, <laughs> it's the national trophy. <laughs> Hell of a woman. Hell of a woman. But um, I, I just think that he doesn't think that he owes those guys mm-hmm. anything. Like people like us, he hates us, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I, I think it's I think it's because we're gonna ask questions and dive deeper into some things than probably we need to. But that's mm-hmm. what we do, you know. That's our that's that's our job. That's why we do this. For him, it's it's just take what I have to say on the service, and that's what it is, you know. Because I've got a job to do. I've got I've got players to coach. I got coaches to to work with to win a national championship. And that's all it is. For Harbaugh, he's much more out in the open. I'm going to mm-hmm. just put it all out here. I'm going to joke with you. We're going to have some fun. There, neither way is is bad, I don't think. I don't think, personally. You know, some people may say, oh, well, Nick Saban needs to loosen up. Well, you know, maybe he is loose, and that's just his style. And some people may say, oh, this Jim Harbaugh guy, he needs to stop being like this and be more serious. Well, you know, he wins. You know, the minute that he has a losing season and he starts to seem like he's having too much fun, then maybe you can say something. But at least then he's keeping the the locker room loose, you know? You know what we can say about both, though? We can say that both are true to who they are. Yeah. Where Nick Saban's not trying to be fake by, hey, you know what, I'm going to go above and beyond to try to, woo, put on a show, get these kids in town. Whereas Harbaugh's not doing that either. That's just who Harbaugh is. So, I mean... Both of them are true to themselves, and I think we're having a total. I think we're having a totally different conversation if it was Harbaugh wins and Saban, or if Saban wins. I mean to say, and Harbaugh doesn't win, then we're having a different conversation because we can take into that. Well, does winning like it's easier to say? Yeah, this guy's more fun when you're also winning too. 
but I, I would think, and this is completely different because it's two different sports, but you take a look at Joe Madden, the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Great guy. And he is, a, he is a guy who you're winning, that's awesome. But you lose, and guess what? You're still going to have fun. He's still going to have mm-hmm. you, you know, dress up in these goofy outfits and stuff like that because you know what? You're doing it as a team, and you're forgetting about it. Okay, you know what? We lost. It wasn't a good day. We're playing tomorrow. Get him the next day. You know, for football, it's a little different because you the don't try, play tomorrow. The try not to suck shirts. <laughs> I love those. I love them. You know, but at football, it's different because you don't just play the next day. Yeah, you get a whole week. week, and then you play the next one. But I, I think that if people can take kind of the Joe Mad mentality of, you know what? This was not a good day. Mm-hmm. We sucked. We were awful. You all played like shit. And I coached like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Let's move on. Let's have some fun. Let's move on. Because guess what? If you if you just grovel in the past, mm-hmm. there will be no future. So that's what I think. And the question I want to propose to you guys before we move on is put yourself in the shoes of a high school player. Who would you rather play for, Jim Harbaugh or Nick Saban? Let us know down below in the comment section. But let's move on. Our final topic of the podcast We're kind of going to look at some quarterback controversies as we are this upcoming Friday, two weeks away, Brandon, from the beginning of the college football season. I can't wait to start looking at that first week of games because week one is going to be a phenomenal week. And one one of the big games actually is going to involve two teams that have quarterback controversies, but we're looking at one of them right now in Notre Dame. Notre Dame and Texas are going to play each other week one. And Notre Dame, Brian Kelly apparently is saying, I don't know what will happen. I don't know who's going to be the starter. Brandon, I'm putting you in the shoes of a Mr. Brian Kelly. Because I think I said Brad Kelly a few seconds ago. I meant to say Brian Kelly. Putting you in the shoes of Coach Kelly. Who are you starting, Zaire or Kaiser? Well, you take a look at last year, and it was Malik Zaire who was the man who started first uh, last season. And when I say started first, he started. You know, there's not really a started first. He he was the guy that they went with. It was Zaire, and he went 19 of 22, 313 yards, three touchdowns without any interceptions in that first game against Texas. You know, that's really good, and it helped that they walloped Texas 38-3. to In game two, on the road at Virginia, he went 7 of 18, 115 yards, and a touchdown. He also got hurt in that game and then opened the door for Deshaun Kaiser. So he comes in, he finishes 8 of 12, mm-hmm. 92 yards, two TDs, and he went on then to play the rest of the season where they only lost two games, not counting their bowl game where they did not play well. On the road at Clemson, lost by just two points. And remember, folks, this was a nasty, nasty day. I mean, it was bad weather to the max. I think tornadoes, stuff like that in the area, it was bad weather. Uh, He goes 19 of 34 for 321 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, 14 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. So Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get to is you lose to Clemson on the road. You lose to Stanford on the road, 38-36. If it were me, again, I don't know necessarily enough about how they've both done in camp, but if it's me, I go with Kaiser. 
I go with Deshaun Kaiser because that's the guy that maybe you didn't start with. That's the guy who you went with, and that's the guy who ended up getting you as far as they got you. Of mm-hmm. course, it doesn't. he doesn't take you to the college football playoff. It's, of course, not just him. But I think that there were so many good games for Deshaun Kaiser. I, I was impressed by him. I thought he did a really nice job. I, I thought he played really, really well, um, you know, being called upon to to come in uh, in that Virginia game. And it was, you know, it was a very close game, but they ended up winning. They ended up winning that one. That was that last second touchdown to Will Fuller, right? Corner of the I end zone can't remember if it was on. last second, but it, but it was, was that cor- towards that, the end. I can't remember bomb. for sure, but it was yeah. just a bomb. Yeah. All I know is that that was a great game, and that game mm-hmm. solidified for me that Kaiser is going to definitely be a guy that we can lean on and thank God for Will Fuller. However, no more Will Fuller. He's now in the NFL. But I think Deshaun Kaiser, that's the guy that I go with. That's the guy that I start with. Nothing against Malik Zaire. I just think that Deshaun Kaiser is the guy you went with all season long. Because you had to. I get it. You mm-hmm. had to. But I think he proved enough to to you, to me as a fan, and hopefully to Kelly, that you know what I can take on the starting job. I'm on a different side than you, and good because you're usually on the same side as me. <laughs> the reason why I'm on a different side, not just physically, I mean conversationally we wise. We get it. Um, I'm going with Malik Zaire, and the reason being is this is a situation where Brian Kelly, you don't have to name a starter now. You don't even have to say who's in the lead because this is a great situation for your football team. You have a senior and a junior who are both qualified to start, and basically whoever you start, if the other one gets hurt, you have a quality backup behind them. I go with Zaire only because he played well in Game 1 last year against Texas. He played well until he got hurt against Virginia and I look at your schedule this year, you got some tough games. You got Texas on the road, then two weeks later, you're playing Michigan State at home. And this year, when you close the season against the Trojans from Southern Cal, oh, that's right, you got to play them on the road this year. You don't get to play them at home. You also got Stanford again, which absolutely demolished, absolutely demolished Kaiser, where he had three picks in that game against Stanford to close out the regular season last year. I'm going with Zaire. I know it's I know what you're probably saying. Well, Ricky, it's a small sample size. When I say he didn't throw any interceptions. He had four touchdowns, no INTs last season. You're talking about really quickly, Stanford did not have any interceptions on Kaiser. Boston College, pardon me, that's the one I was looking at. The Boston College one, which was Two and three. I was going to say, don't be, don't be giving three. our fans false information. It was the Boston guy. But that, that makes it worse. I know that was a Don, a Don Brown defense last year where now he's in Michigan, but that's not good. Boston College was not good last year, so that just makes it even worse. I think no matter who they choose, Kaiser or Zaire, Notre Dame fan, Golden Domer fans, you guys can be happy with who you start with. I, I give it to Malik Zaire because he would have been – I. I'm pretty sure he would have finished out the season as the starter, wouldn't have been replaced last season, so why take it away from him unless Deshaun Kaiser comes into fall camp and just blows us away? I think that 
what we're going to see probably in the end. I'm telling you who I would go mm-hmm. with. You're telling us who yeah. you would go with. But I think what we're going to see in the end is what Alabama did when they had Sims and they had Coker. They kind of did a little. Mix, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go Sims uh, for most of the game. We'll have Coker come in for parts. Uh, I, I I think that we could definitely see that with with Notre Dame. I mean, if there's a point in the game where okay they start Zaire and Zaire's going and it gets to halftime and Zaire just has 73 yards, mm-hmm. you know, no touchdowns and two picks. All right, Kaiser, get in there, you know, and, and you've got the rest of the game. So I think that we could definitely see, we see it hardly ever in the NFL, but think in college a lot, pitchers. a quarterback by rotation. Think of it, uh, the way I think of it is like pitchers in baseball. You're the starter for that game. If you can go the complete game, cool. That's up to you. But if you can't, I'm going to pull you and hit the bullpen, and that backup quarterback is going to be the bullpen. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it like that in a sense, for sure. But I think that uh, definitely that's something that we could totally see. I, I think that, in all honesty, Brian Kelly, he's not naming a starter because he certainly doesn't have one. I, I really don't think mm-hmm. he does have a starter. Um, otherwise, I think he would say it. But uh, I, I really do think that he may say one guy is going to be his starter, but. I don't. I think that that's a very loose term of starter at Notre Dame mm-hmm. right now, because, like you said, they're in a good position. They've got two guys who are talented, very talented. Mm-hmm. We know what Kaiser can bring us, and we know what Zaire can bring us. Yes, I mean the poor guy got injured, and that's why we're even having this conversation yep. right now. Otherwise, it probably is still Malik Zaire, Zaire and he's has a good season. He's coming into it, and we don't know what Kaiser's got. Mm-hmm. But now we know what they both have, yeah. and that makes it much better, I think, for Brian Kelly. So the de- the decision is difficult, but I do think he goes with the quarterback by rotation, and I think it's kind of hot hand. Who did better in practice this week? Who had a great week of practice, and we cannot have him on the bench right now? You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those. That's what I think. Before we wrap up this podcast, I'm going to hit you with a surprise question, and this is only because Notre Dame is playing Texas in their first game, word is from Charlie Strong that he's going to name a quarterback early. Do you think Charlie Strong has to name a quarterback early, or can he wait? Uh, no, I think he can. I think he can wait. I think he can wait I, because you know what? You want to get the right one, correct? And they have three. They have three choices, not just two, like Notre Dame. Exactly. So you want to you want to wait. I think if you're Charlie Strong, no need to announce early because you don't mm-hmm. want to jump the gun on it. You want to make sure that you've got the right pick. And you know, again, it may be like one of uh, Notre Dame type things. Do you have just one pick? Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of something like that. Yeah, and like the reports are right now that Charlie Strong could name a quarterback early, and they use the quotes in that article. But before we wrap this up. Uh, do you have a uh, Brandon Swanson pop culture minute for well, I've this got, week? I've got three things, which some people could look at it as two things, because there's two things within within baseball, and then one thing more on a, on a, on a personal personal note. So Ichiro Suzuki, three thousand hits, what three, a milestone! Three thousand hits now in his career, and he does it with a stand up triple, which is pretty amazing. Uh, that's pretty exciting that's too. Ichiro style, though. Absolutely, it is. So three thousand <laughs> hits for Ichiro Suzuki, and then also I woke up this morning to Alex Rodriguez's press conference that he is going to be done with baseball 
at least playing the game for right now. Honestly, I this did not Friday. watch it. This Friday. Did not watch it. I woke up to it, so I felt like mm-hmm. I needed to watch it. Um, and that's what was on MLB Network, and there was really nothing else to watch this morning. But uh, Alex Rodriguez going to be going from a player transitioning over, not at the end of the, not for the rest of the season after Friday. He gets to go home Friday, and he's going home Friday. Friday will be his last day as a player, and then he will transition into a Yankee special assistant to Hal Steinbrenner, and he will uh, deal with the players. So I think that that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The Yankees hate him so much but like him enough to keep him around in that position only until December 31st, 2017. So one year. So he gets one year with the position. Basically, probably long enough to, for another team to find out that they need his assistance, yep. and he'll go and play for them. So that's really kind of uh, what it is. And that was so that was the baseball side. Yeah, and then on a personal thing. note, so this this past weekend, uh, I went home. Home for me is uh, in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, it was my cousin's wedding. She got she got married. Um, but the bigger thing was there was one of the hottest blondes out on the dance floor, <laughs> and I don't know her name. But she did ask me to possibly stay over um, in in her room. I couldn't. And you didn't? I couldn't. I couldn't. We're going to end the podcast on that note. Thank you guys for either listening or watching us for this edition. Or turning of, us off after that. Maybe of the Primetime Podcast. Let us know down below what you think of anything that we talk today. For myself, Brandon Swanson, our Twitters are in the description. You can go ahead to patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way for you guys to help support the channel. Make sure we can do cool things like this video podcast that you see if you are on YouTube. Thank you guys one last time for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.